Hello, hi everybody. Welcome to Football in General. It's Rob Case. And Trevor Koppel. Trevor, welcome to what I presume might be championship week for some fantasy football owners out there. Maybe the quarterfinals. But also, welcome to the week of Christmas. The go along with Christmas is the favorite, your favorite gift you'd ever find under the Christmas tree or in your earbuds, in your earwax, on the radio airways, on the podcast, I don't know, roads, if you will, <laughs> in the audio sphere, anything you can sort of even rate, um, whatever, right? Seismic waves of energy is this podcast and what is also known as Therapy for football fans. Is that correct? Oh, yes. It's going okay. to be a very Merry Christmas for uh, for the lucky uh, fantasy championship winners. <clears throat> Is it ever? Because not only are you winning money, but you're getting a trophy and possibly bragging rights for the next year. Oh. And maybe somebody having to buy you dinner and possibly somebody having to stand out in the middle of traffic with nothing on, carrying a sign that says, I lost in fantasy football or came in last place or something. So <laughs> a lot riding on the line this time of the year, this week. Uh, I personally do not have any stories of, of fantasy follies, if you will, or triumphs. But with that being said, what I can do is make sure that you win your fantasy football game this year. Before we get to that, Trevor, I just want to ask you, just because we're trying to process our emotions and feelings about football games, and this is a spot to do so, um, I have no choice but to acknowledge the debauchery that was the end of the New England Patriots-Las Vegas Raiders football game. And yes, I will say, it was one of the worst football plays I've ever seen in my entire life. I played football for 12 years, my friend. 12 years. And that's, that, that was a lot of bad football. We're talking about Mighty Mites, Midgets. Little kids playing football. There is nothing that comes good from that. Nothing. Absolutely zero. You hardly learn anything. And all you do is fumble the ball and pretend you, know, you, you act like you know what you're doing. In this case, we're talking about professional athletes. Number one, I'm sorry, I'm going to go on a rant here. So don't, don't say anything for five seconds, at least. Number one, you can't get the touchdown call right. Because this is a multi-billion dollar company, and God forbid they have more than one angle on, on a pie line than just his foot from like 15 feet or 20 feet above the pie line where his foot, uh, uh, Keelan Cole's foot tapped for the, the Vegas Raiders touchdown on the, uh, that, that, the tying game touchdown. And number two, it's the worst play, one of the worst plays I've ever seen in my entire life. Right up there with Leon Lett, Alan Page running the, the ball back. Um, in the wrong direction for the Minnesota Vikings, probably way before I was born, 1969 or 70 or whatever. Trevor was like two at that age. <laughs> but um, And in addition to that, like the Indianapolis Colts from a couple of years ago, the punt formation that turned out terrible. The Washington Redskins had a terrible field goal formation that just was awful. And I'm throwing an interception to the New York Giants like in 2007. Trevor, back-to-back... Arguably, one of the worst calls you ever see a ref ever make on a challenge, and then one of the worst calls you'll, and one of the worst plays you'll ever see in NFL history in the same game. Yeah, it, it was pretty bad. I mean, with the call, you know, he's got a white sneaker, white cleat, you know, the sideline is white, the end zone is black, and <clears> there <throat> was, it, it was black and white, and they got it wrong. Um, a multi-billion dollar company. Just terrible. Can't get a camera angle right. Yeah. And then, you know, to not have the presence of mind to just take it to overtime. I mean, it, it, it's insane. a whole other chance. You know, there's, there's, life goes on in overtime and you threw it away. Um, not only that, but you, right. you were throwing it, uh, you know, backwards across the field. To who? To Mac Jones? Uh, yeah. What's Mac Jones' 40 time? I don't think it's that great. Um, I, I, it just made no sense. Um, I'm not even sure had he gotten it to Mac Jones. Could Mac Jones then forward pass it? I don't think he can, not at that point in the play. No, what would he do? Yeah, what, what what's he, he going to do? Hand it to somebody who can do something with it? Because he <clears> can't. <throat> He's going to take it past 11 defenders to the end zone when when... Right. Uh, the other guy couldn't. I don't think so. Right. 
Insane, man. Insane. So I just had to get that out of the way because, as we know, you, look, look, Trevor, I'm going to tell you this straight up. You can't whisk gravy. You can't get the fat. You just can't get it if you got a really stressed out mind. <laughs> you know that? You just end up whisking it too much. You know, you, it gets too runny. It burns. You forget about it. You're getting angry. So you're trying to do other things. Your, your mind's too preoccupied. There's no way you can realistically have a good gravy whisk without being mindful, grounded, and having two of the most horrendous things in recent NFL memory outside of your mind. Is that fair to say? I think it's very fair to say. Okay. So, with that being said, now that we got everything on the table and the gravy's getting whisked, I think I can hear in the background that it's about medium heat right now. <clears throat> as I did last week, look, I'm not going to take up too much of your time with the waiver wire because, as we all know, um, if you're this time of year, you follow us last week, you listen to the the um, the advice we already gave you, you're probably playing status quo. However, not every matchup is going to be perfect, and that's why you need to at least make sure you're working on the waiver wire to ensure that your, your team is going to score 150 points or more this week because that's what it takes to win these game, playoff games, man. You got every team. It's got a good lineup. They got the hottest fantasy players. You have to make sure you're good to go. And I, w- I just want to give a shout-out to myself here for a second because there was a gentleman who I said last week, if you had picked up, you'd be happy. Did I not say? Do you remember what, what player that oh, was, Oh, gosh. Is it uh, – oh, his name's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, for Jacksonville, right? Uh, Zay Jones, correct. There you go. Yeah, what a day. What do you have? Do you have three I touchdowns? I did tell you to pick up. Say Jones, six for Bucko nine, three touchdowns. He was available in forty five percent of leagues last oh, week. Last week he got the most fancy points for any position player last week. He was a free agent in most leagues. So if you didn't pick him up, you weren't listening. And also, you're probably a Nimrod. So with that being said, <laughs> we're, we're gonna move we're gonna move on to some guys I think you should take a look at this week, at least on the waiver wire. There won't be too many, just a few, I swear. Um, but but ones I think worth kind of mentioning and, and keeping an eye on. So this is one guy I, I kind of mentioned earlier in the season. I have a really hard time pronouncing his name. I finally got it. Tyler Algier, running back for the Atlanta Falcons, going against the Baltimore Ravens this week. They're eighth in FPA. <clears throat> They've been better since they got Roquan Smith. They got Patrick Queen. They got some other beefy guys on the defensive line. Um, I, 17 carries, 139 yards against New Orleans, who has a really good run defense. Um, roster in 56% of leagues. He's a good flex this week, a good RB2, RB3, depending on what your league looks like. And still um, a guy that, as these weeks go along, nobody can tackle. Literally, as we get to the end of the season, defense is worn out, tackling is a lot poor. It's not as crisp as it was early in the year. As Trevor says, every uh, the last two years we've been doing this podcast, you know, a lot of depth on defense, linebackers, defenders, safeties, because you need dudes who can just kind of hang in there and tackle <clears throat> and still have really good form no matter what point of the season we're in. Tyler Algier is running over people. He's, he's got young legs, 22 years old, available in 56% of leagues for Atlanta. Moving to the wide receiver position, I swear I, I only throw out maybe one or two more of these guys, but, um, you know, I kind of like, and I'm not really sure how a lot of people feel about this guy. Trevor loves him. He had a big week last week against the Indianapolis Colts. We've kind of sang his praises from here and there. I don't know if he's a flash in the pan, but he's got 73 targets on the year. K.J. Osborne, uh, roster in 8% of leagues. He's 12th in FPA. Adam Thielen looks like he's slowing down, but K.J. Osborne, man, 13, tar- 13 targets combined in his previous four games. He had 16 last week against uh, Indianapolis. They go against New York Giants. 12th in FPA is New York this week. Uh, I think actually think they're worse than 12th FPA for, uh, just in terms of their performance. I think that just kind of goes because they played basically the Redskins or the Commanders twice. I'm sorry for saying that. The Commanders twice and a few other just bad passing teams. Uh, I like KJ Osborne. He plays really good in the slot. Um, he's starting, and Adam Thielen's like wide receiver three or four on that team now. So that's something to consider if he's starting. And then Noah Brown, who's rostering eight percent of leagues, eight percent of leagues going against Philly this week, six in FPA. They're gonna throw a ball a lot against Philly. They're gonna have a hard time running the ball. Um, and I'm trying to see how many targets he's had this past few weeks, and I can't get it here. But nonetheless, um, Noah Brown's been a good, <clears throat> excuse me, has been a, a focal point in that Dallas offense. And when you have to cover Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb, Noah Brown's going to be there to get all the targets. 
that are going to be left over. 15 targets for 10 catches, 134 yards, two touchdowns in the last two games. So, offensive uptick. They're going against Philly. It's is it it's in Dallas, and I like that because they're going to end up throwing the ball a lot. Gardner Minshew, and Chew, excuse me, is playing <laughs> um, quarterback this week for the Philadelphia Eagles. <clears throat> so I think that'll put a little more pressure on the Philly Philly defense. They might show some cracks in the secondary. So. That is the gravy. Thank you, my friends. That's the gravy. We're spreading it on the potatoes. We're getting it on everything today. And we got the rest of the gravy coming for you in between all the takes by our friend Cleo Koppel. Sir, are you ready to talk about 16 games on the slate for the Christmas week of football? Oh, I am so ready. Okay. We don't normally do this. We're recording this on a Tuesday night. It is coming first. Thursday night football, the Jacksonville Jaguars at the New York Jets. The line is even. The first line, even line actually we've seen this season. You know, Trevor says any minus one line is actually an even line. It's a push over under 38. And I'll tell you what, Trevor. Trevor Lawrence, that's a lot of Trevors. 14 <laughs> touchdowns, 1,600 yards in his last, I think, seven games. I think six or seven games. The hottest quarterback in football outside of Patrick Mahomes. Um and playing insanely good. He threw four touchdowns against a good Dallas defense last week. Didn't only got sacked twice. I mean, no, this this is it, right? This Jaguars team has a lot of things figured out here in the and the, <clears throat> down the stretch. Um, the the Jags and the uh, the Lions. They're they're the two teams that are just you know uh, they they both have a chance to sneak into the playoffs, and nobody wants to play them right now the way they're playing football. Um, I'm definitely taking the Jaguars this week. No disrespect to the Jets. They're having a good season. They have a great defense. Uh, They've got a lot of weapons on offense, but uh, they've been uh, kind of plagued with injuries at the running back spot and the quarterback spot. Uh, So I I definitely have to put my money on the Jags this week. Even line, uh, it's not an upset. It's not beating the spread. I'm just taking the Jags to win. Um, And I like the over on this 38 over under um i think uh both these teams will put up points but the jaguars certainly um to me this i wouldn't have made this an even spread uh an even line uh which is why it's really easy for me to take the jags i i would have taken the jags minus four um (laughs) so yeah I, i definitely like them to win this game um the the protection for uh for trevor has gotten way better um, like you said, he only got touched a couple of times last week. Um, he is finally playing the position the way we all expected him to several years before he was drafted. You know, I, I don't know how many people remember that far far back, but, man, people were, were projecting who might draft him two years into the future. Um, so, yeah, he's finally got the right coach. They've put an O-line around him that gives him a chance. And uh, the connection between him and Zay Jones is uh, is tested at this point. It's the real deal. So, yeah, I'm definitely taking the Jags, and this is going to be an exciting Thursday night game. It's a hot team. And what else can you say? Their defense is playing pretty well, too. They, they forced <clears throat> Derrick Henry to fumble the ball two weeks ago, like I said. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Their defense is playing a lot better. They're forcing turnovers. They're playing Zach Wilson or Mike White. I don't see how this Jacksonville defense won't perform better. So I like the Jacksonville defense for a pickup here and a possible spot start, a stream. Um, and one thing to keep in mind that the New York Jets have allowed two touchdown passes the last two weeks, both the tight ends. Look for Evan Ingram to have a pretty good game. This week, fantasy football I like that. Wise. I like, like that, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. We're going to go forward to Saturday, Christmas Eve, man. How about this, huh? We're going to skip a couple games, go all the way into our 11 o'clock game here on the Mountain Time. We have the Seattle Seahawks at the Kansas City Chiefs. Point, the line is 9.5 to Kansas City, over under 48.5. Seattle's in a free fall, and um, without Ken Walker, they've looked like you know barely a team, whereas Kansas City just can't stop scoring points. However, their defense can't stop allowing points. They've allowed nine touchdowns the last two weeks, the quarterback, uh, four weeks. The quarterback's the highest mark in the NFL. So this could be a get-right game for Seattle. A little bit of a trap for Kansas City at home on Christmas Eve. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it could turn out to be a trap game, but that's not what I expect. 
Um, the Seahawks have had a really good year, and the uh, the future is bright there with all the draft capital they got trading Wilson. Um, they're going to be able to, you know, they 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 could choose a couple of different ways to go. It, it's it's almost a, a general manager's dream to have that many top draft picks over the next couple of seasons. Um, so, uh, so yeah, the, 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 the Seahawks though, they have kind of, uh, fallen off a cliff here. There was always a ceiling with the formula they were using. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I just, uh, I think the chiefs playing at home in Arrowhead on Christmas Eve, um, I expect a big game from the chiefs. The Seahawks might be able to stay <laughs> in the game with the way, uh, the chiefs defense, uh, only kind of steps up when needed. Um, but uh, end of the day, I do expect the Chiefs to win big at home in this one. Nine and a half points big is – no, no one would be surprised if the Chiefs win by ten points, but I can't put my money on it, um, especially uh, this close to the playoffs. Uh, I think against an opponent like the Seahawks, um, I can't believe I'm going to say it, but I don't expect the Chiefs to just uh, – run up the score here, even given the chance. I think, uh, I think Jarek McKinnon is somebody you need to keep in your lineup because, uh, I expect them to run the ball a lot in the second half. Um, but, uh, yeah, I like the chiefs to win this one solidly at home. Another guy, if you remember correctly, last two weeks, who have I talked about? I running back. Who did I say? Pick up Jarek McKinnon. I, I just mentioned him. Jarek McKinnon. There you go. I told you. I told you McKinnon. last week against <laughs> last week against Houston, eight carries, eight catches for seventy yards, a touchdown um, on the ground. Uh, sorry, ten ten carries, fifty two yards, a touchdown, eight carries, seventy yards, a touchdown on the ground on the ground and receiving. Um, and then the week before against Denver, but six carries, twenty two yards, seven catches, one hundred twelve yards, two touchdowns. He's got five touchdowns over the last three weeks. One of the hottest players in fantasy. If you can pick him up, I, I would pick him up because here's a stat for you. The last four weeks, Seattle is the worst team in the NFL against running backs in terms of FPA. They've allowed 700 yards on the ground, seven touchdowns, another 21 catches to the air, and another touchdown. So, um, yeah, for receiving. Um, I think if you got Jarek McKinnon or Isaac Pacheco, uh, I think both of them are worth starting or taking a look at in terms of streaming start. If you're in a weird position where you don't really know kind of how week to week, if you're in that like two week divisional round, two week conference round for fantasy, you kind of went that, that nauseum, <laughs> how much Trevor and I both hate that. But <laughs> nonetheless, if it happens, um, it's worth keep, keeping an eye on if you need sort of a juice of kind of like a boost of, of points here and there. Jerick McKinnon or Isaiah Pacheco would be good this week. Worse than FPA last four weeks, Seattle Seahawks. They'll have seven touchdowns. Not even close. Nobody's even close to that other than them. So, moving on to our next game. I'm sorry my computer's having some problems here, folks. Give me, give me, a, give me a break. It's the New York Giants at the, at the, the Trevor-led Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> a three-and-a-half-point favorite to Minnesota, um, over under 48. New York looks like they bounced back a little bit. Still kind of anemic on offense, whereas... Minnesota's, I mean, I didn't even open up the, the show with this, but maybe we should mention it now. Minnesota literally had the greatest, well, not the greatest, but the most significant comeback in terms of points down in NFL history. Down 33 nothing at, at halftime. They battled back. The, the, the head coach is legit, and we saw why, and Kirk Cousins proved that maybe, maybe this could be the year. He turned some, some doubters' heads around. Your take, my friend. Well, I, uh, I'll, I'll always take a win over the Colts over uh, losing to the Colts, but man, uh, speaking on behalf of Vikings fans, it's, it's, it's great to be 11 and three, but I am getting a little tired of this emotional roller coaster every week, whether we win, whether we lose, we just, we, we let teams get up on us early. Um, we're always fighting from behind after halftime, this being the most significant, uh, halftime deficit, uh, in the history of the NFL, um, it uh, it's just it's crazy and it's exhausting. It's really entertaining. I, I don't regret it, but uh, this week, Christmas Eve, I'm predicting 
that for the first time since week one, the Vikings are going to lead at halftime and win by more than one score. Um, I like the Vikings to uh, to really put this one away this week. I think Justin Jefferson has a monster week this week. I don't think the Giants can put a cap on this guy. I do like uh, what you had to say about K.J. Osborne. Um, I feel like when you have someone like Justin Jefferson and then Adam Thielen's route running and really reliable hands and, and Thielen's connection with, with uh, Cousins really is what kind of facilitates uh, K.J. Osborne it, it, you know, certainly in play calling and the, his production, he is the clear-cut number two receiver now. Um, that torch has been passed from from Thielen to to Osborne officially. Um, I just don't think that the Giants are going to be able to uh, to stop the the multi-headed monster that is the Vikings' offense right now. Um, whereas on the other side, the Vikings' defense. Um, they were nowhere to be seen in the uh, in the first half, or it seemed that way. There were really some busted plays on special teams and on the offense that that gave the Colts that lead in the first half. Um, I don't think uh, mm-hmm. I don't think Saquon Barkley will get bottled up all day, but I don't think it'll be enough for the Giants to keep pace with the Vikings this week. So there you have it. Um, bold prediction from a Vikings fan. So take <laughs> that as you will. But I like the Vikings to win this one by eight points or more. Uh, another terrible run defense the last four weeks at, in terms of FPA. New York Giants have performed 575 yards allowed on the ground, four touchdowns. So if you got Dalvin Cook, I would say this would be a pretty good, pretty good game to start him, um, considering that whatever's happened in this Giants defense, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, on the ground or I I don't know they just been, they've been softened. Kayvon Thibodeau's looked excellent the last two weeks, but um, that's only on the edge in the interior where. Minnesota arguably has their is their strongest part of the offensive line. Dalvin Cook, you have T.J. Hawkinson that come in motion. You got your boy C.J. Ham, the hamster. Right, <laughs> there's a lot of guys that can just block. And if I was Minnesota, I would take I me mean, knowing that you shouldn't be really scared of the New York Giants offense. I mean, even though they they played pretty well against Minnesota uh, Washington, but I would say you know going against Minnesota. Um, I think I think they're playing with some swag considering they came back from you know 33 down, and I don't think that was all Minnesota's defense fault. If you watch the game, you would think otherwise as well. So, um, oh, yeah, yeah, Dalvin Cook's a big start for me in this one. Um, moving on, the Cincinnati Bengals at the barely hanging on the New England Patriots. They're fighting for their lives. The three and a half point favorite, the Cincinnati, over under 41 and a half. This is a well as we open up with the New England Patriots, a team that's reeling and basically played themselves out of a playoff spot potentially. Now they're looking at Cincinnati at home, probably the highest team in the league outside of Detroit. Well, all the Midwest teams outside you know, Detroit, Kansas City, Cincinnati, that's probably the, the route you would go in if you wanted to rank them. Hottest teams in the league right now. And um, Joe Burrow, man, 31 touchdowns. And Jamar Chase is back. It's T. Higgins. It's, it's, not, it's, not like, it's just not a good matchup for New England, regardless if they're playing at home or not. It's no, basically I mean, a push for you, Trevor. But what this... do you think? This matchup is it, it's just another layer to why that the end of the game last week was so unfortunate because this I, there, there aren't a lot of teams that I have hope for against the Bengals right now. Um, I think I said it last week they're they're my favorite to win it all right now. Um, uh, you know short of Joe Burrow leaving for the rest of the season, I, I don't know how you stop the Bengals. Um, uh, whether they have Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, uh, they, they just, they never run out of playmakers to get the ball to, and Joe Burrow can do it. Um, they were down 17 at, at halftime. It was no, no problem. You never even saw, uh, Joe Burrow's body language change. Um, they, he's just, He's as cool and confident as it gets at the quarterback position, and and deservedly so. So I I have to take the Bengals to win this one. Um, I just it, until I see something, you know, had they not come back from that seventeen point deficit, we'd be having a different conversation. But they did, and they did it dominantly. Um, I think they had like what like thirty four unanswered points in the second half. Um, yeah, just just. Tom Brady. just 
just cool. incredible. Um, so yeah, I, I got to go with Joe Burrow right now. Um, I, I don't think you're going to see me. I, I, I'm, yeah. Unless something really big changes the the Bengals are my favorite in any team they are matched up with. Um, yeah. Uh, I think last week I predicted Bengals over Eagles in the Super Bowl. Uh, and right now I think that Super Bowl prediction, I got to stick with it. Um, so, yeah, I got to take the Bengals to win this one. Uh, three and a half point spread. I'll probably take them to beat the spread. And I like the over on the 41 and a half. It's losing Jalen Mills to, <clears throat> excuse me, to injury. <clears throat> having to play Marcus Jones, which he's played well <clears throat> excuse me, against Devontae Adams last week. I thought he played admirably considering the uh, the matchup. Anybody takes on Devontae Adams, I mean, as a rookie, let alone in general, that would be tough. That'd be a lot to ask for. Oh yeah, uh, New England's one of the worst teams in terms of FPA against receivers in the last four weeks, allowing sixty through two catches for seven hundred yards, six touchdowns to receivers, and just secondary's been rough. And they're showing their age with Dev McCourty. Kyle Kyle Duggar hasn't played as well as he did in the beginning of the year, and um, even though he had to pick six last week, it was a great good, you know, like, like it was a great play. He's just kind of overrunning routes and has a hard, really hard time defending some of these really athletic receivers. So. I would say it's a very bad matchup in New England, and considering how resilient Cincinnati's been this year and Joe Burrow, I don't think it's going to affect him at all going into New England and playing in that kind of weather and this time of the year. Um, this effectively will, will end the New England Patriots' chances of the playoffs, and I'm going to move on because I'm tearing up right now. I prefer not to talk about it. <laughs> so <clears throat> this is kind of a fun let, game. Let Trevor it out, and I were... Rob. This is our therapy. <laughs> <laughs> this is therapy. Trevor and I were talking about this before we came on air today. This is the Cat Bowl. Uh, the Detroit Lions at the Carolina Panthers, a two and a half point favorite of Detroit over under 44. It's only fun because it's about cats, but not no, really. They... It's only fun because these are two scrappy teams and Detroit's turned around. They've won six in a row. So no, it, this is a sneaky, good cat fight. Um, the Panthers, wow. the Panthers have been way more competitive than we expected them to be the way their season started, uh, trading away. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, um, but they've managed to put good football out there. Um, and the Lions, oh my goodness. Uh, I think I said last week that Jared Goff is like the, uh, you know, the guy that's putting up MVP numbers that never gets talked about in the MVP conversation. Happens to one or two guys every year. Um, I like the Lions in this game. I think they're going to have to fight for it the way they do every time. Um but, uh, yeah, I like the Lions to go on the road, get the win here, and stay alive in the, uh, in the, the, the playoff hunt. Um, the Panthers, everyone in the NFC South, I think, is still alive. I don't think they've been – I think it's one of the only divisions that doesn't have an eliminated team right now. Because, not because they're all really great, but because they're all similarly not great. Um, but uh, – but yeah, there's just so many games this week that are going to have big effects on, on who's headed towards the postseason and who doesn't have a chance anymore. I like the Lions in this one. Um, they're running the ball. They're passing the ball. They're playing good defense. They're, 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 you know, they're not giving up uh, in, in situations where, where they might. So I like Detroit on the road here. Um, you know, the... I've already talked about the the Jaguars having a chance. They they have a chance to win their division. The Lions uh, can't. The Vikings already clinched that division last week. But uh, but I I think that the Lions are headed to the playoffs. I think they're going to leapfrog uh, one of these NFC East uh, competitors. And uh, and yeah, the Lions may uh, may have a chance to go on a tear in the postseason the way that they've been playing right now. So yeah, I got to take the Lions to win. Two and a half point spread. I got to take them to beat the spread. Um, that's just uh, you know a field goal beats the spread. Um, the over under being forty four. I like the over on this one big time. Likewise, yeah, it's going to be an offensive shootout, and they the Panthers have shown to be, I guess, more capable of offense than we give them credit for since they got rid of Matt Rule. And uh, I like that because, well, saying that because Detroit's defense is. I mean, we've talked about all year how they've been really bad against you know, FPA in, in terms of those 
I'll, surprisingly, they've been better on against the run lately. I don't know if it's because Aiden Hutchinson's been stepping up or the defensive line's been playing better, but only allowing one touchdown in the last four weeks against running backs. The worst team in FPA against wide receivers and the third worst team in FPA against quarterbacks. So it could be because teams are playing from behind, but I would say it's just because Detroit's secondary is really bad. <laughs> so um, DJ Moore, big start for me this week. Um, and I like Detroit's offense in general. Jared Goff's played better, and so if you get a chance to start any of those guys, I highly recommend it. Moving on, a lot of good games this week. We'll try to get to most of them as fast as we can. We got the Washington Commanders at the San Francisco 49ers, a seven-point favorite at San Francisco, 39.5 over under. It's a weird line for me. Um, I don't know if they expect San Francisco to just blow out uh, Washington, but, yeah, uh, I don't know. You know, these are uh, there was one week where I didn't understand it, like most of them. This is kind of right. a weird line because I think Washington's more competitive than a seven-point line because they have Taylor Heineke. No, so, I, I uh, feel the same way. I think this is mostly a reflection of faith in the 49ers' defense because I'm looking at the over-under, and anytime you're under 40 points, it's, that's somewhat of a low over-under. Um, right. So I think that they... I think the Vegas mindset is that that's how good uh, Bosa and the rest of the 49ers are. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'll take the 49ers to win at home. They're they're dominant. They've got, the, in my opinion, the best defense in the league. Um, uh, there's not a lot of people that are going to disagree with me there. Um, but the commanders are scrappy. They they stay in it. Um, I like the Commanders to beat the spread. Um, I like the 49ers to win, but I I think this is uh, you know decided by by less than seven points. Um, Thirty nine and a half over under. I I know the 49ers defense is good, but I I got to take the over here. I I really do think that it only takes a couple of of uh, good plays from the commanders to, to get down the field with, with McLaurin. Um, so yeah, I like the commanders to cover San Francisco to win. And I got to take the over here. Um, surprisingly, both teams have been excellent in terms of FBA the last four weeks against pretty much every position. There's two I want to highlight though, mostly because George Kittle and Brock Purdy have been so good together. Washington last four weeks against tight ends, only allowing six, 11 catches, 77 yards, one touchdown. So I wanted to keep an eye on that stat because we know how good Brock Purdy's been with George Kittle. Uh, in fact, he's been basically the whole offense since Debo Samuel's been out, and um, I don't know if I'd start him this week, honestly, knowing how good Washington's been against, against tight ends this week, uh, lately. I would considering, well, I would consider maybe Evan Ingram if you have a free agent tight end, if he's still a free agent, or uh, Hayden Hurst. He's coming back from injury this week against uh, New England, who's historically bad against tight ends. So just an FYI, keep an eye on that matchup. It's a big one in terms of fantasy relevancy. This is the big one, buddy. The Philadelphia Eagles at the Dallas Cowboys, a five-point favor to Dallas, 46 over under. Heard earlier this week that Jalen Hurts has a sprained shoulder, probably won't play, or maybe it's 50-50. We don't really know. Is Adam Schefter, the Schefter report, and the chef, uh, Gardner nice Minshew, guy. the chef kid. <laughs> kid. And so... Uh, Gardner Minshew might get the start. Um, so it's not often you see this happen where, you know, your 31 team is a five-point underdog. But, you know, I was reading some stuff which was interesting, and I don't know if you agree with this, Trevor, and I, I kind of disagree, but only kind of. Um, that if you inserted Gardner Minshew in the beginning of the year, you would have the same results. Ooh, uh, I, I don't know about that. Um, I, I, I do think... It's hard to argue. It's it's hard to argue. Um, I I I agree that uh, um, Jalen Hurts is the the benefactor of of maybe the best all around roster in the league this year. Um, the Eagles are absolutely stacked on O line, D line, uh, across the board. But those are big places to to be so shored up. Um, so I, I see where you're coming from when you say Minshew could have gone 13 and one with this team, and that's also why I don't understand this uh, this Vegas line. Um, I think Minshew 
Minshew, I don't know if he's someone I trust to do it all season long, but I think he's an incredible backup quarterback. He's a guy that can come in, play with energy. He's the sort of backup quarterback that the rest of the team can rally around. Um, you know, he's a he's a football player's football player. Um, so I, I think this is going to be an exciting game. I think it's absolutely the right thing to keep uh, Jalen Hurts out if he's injured at all. Um, it, it's way more important to get him healthy for the postseason than worry about how you enter that postseason. Because um, if they if they drop this one to Dallas, uh, it, it could have huge implications for who wins their division, uh, what seed the winner of that division is. So, so there is a lot riding on the line here, but but having Hurts healthy for the playoffs is way more important. Um, so I do expect Minshew to play. I expect Minshew to win, uh, honestly. The Cowboys, they have a great team. They've got a ton of potential. Um, they certainly showed that uh, in Minneapolis when they played my Vikings. But, uh, but that you know, they almost lose to the Texans. They do lose to the Jaguars. And the Jaguars are a good team. They're on, they're on a hot streak. Um, but, you know, the Eagles have never not been on a hot streak this year. And even though the game is in Dallas and you've got Minshew under center, I like the Eagles this week. It's uh, it's my first upset that I'm that I'm picking, but I got to take the Eagles to win this one on the road. And uh, Dallas will be playing for the uh, top wild card seed. Dallas is the third worst team in FPA this week, or the last four weeks against wide receivers, allowing 55 catches, 800 yards, eight touchdowns. That's the most in the NFL the last four weeks against wide receivers. The, the secondary has been bad. And Trayvon Diggs, I don't think anybody thought he was a lockdown corner, but he's been taking more chances. If you watch the game, last couple weeks, he's well, he's been biting a lot of routes, and, and he's been paying for it, Jamar Chase, especially last week, and T. Higgins and... Oh, uh, no, excuse me. That was Cincinnati. I'm thinking of who do they play? Jacksonville. That's right, Zay Jones. Okay, Zay Jones tore him apart. Um, I don't think it's a stretch to say that, you know, if you had A.J. Brown there, say Zay Jones, he could probably get 300 yards, you know? So uh, even with guard Minshew. And that's why I like A.J. Brown start this week. I like Devontae Smith. Dallas Goddard's back from IR. Look, it's guard Minshew's in the, in the lineup, but I think Dallas has got their hands full for sure. So... Um, Philly, you know, just solid, man. Solid across the board. Um, I will say they're middle of the road in terms of running against running backs. The last four weeks, they've allowed two touchdowns and another two touchdowns to the air. So if you got Tony Pollard, I feel like he's going to be a really good start against Philly for sure. Well, let's see. Moving forward, we won't spend too much time on this one because there's not a lot of fancy relevancy. It's probably an easy one to call for Trev, potentially. The, but I love it because of the 1970s. I love football history, and it's going to be cold in Pittsburgh. It's got just the ah, it's just fantastic. The Las Vegas Raiders at the Pittsburgh Steelers, a three-point favorite to Pittsburgh, 39 and a half over under. Kenny Pickett is back, and uh, <laughs> had to see Derek Carr under center, unfortunately. Again, if you watched on Sunday, oh my God, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Josh Jacobs, hottest one of the hottest players in the NFL, though. Uh, Trev, what's your what's your take on here? Not a lot of offense versus the 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 big three, basically. Right, right. So I I do think that this one's going to come down to Derek Carr and Devonte Adams and uh, the fact that they are no strangers to playing in the cold, um, especially Adams uh, coming from from Lambeau the last few seasons. Um, but yeah, I, I like the Raiders uh, on the road this week. I think they get something going. Um, I think uh, I think they got a lot of you know they got lucky last week obviously but they got a lot of things going as well and I like them to I, I think they have an easier time with the Steelers than they do with the uh, with the Patriots I don't I don't think the Steelers are playing as good a football as the Patriots right now um, so I'm going Raiders this is uh, my my second upset of the week um, Pittsburgh's favorite at home in a low scoring game. Um, I think Devontae Adams gets away from it, and that's why I got to take the over on the 39.5, too. Um, so, yeah, I like the Raiders to upset, and I like the over. Okay. 
Yeah, uh, not a lot of fantasy relevancy here. I think Pittsburgh's been playing excellent defense the last four weeks against any position, um, especially, well, I want to say especially quarterbacks, man. I don't see Derek Carr having a very strong game. Running backs, they've got two touchdowns, hardly anything uh, through the air. And, yeah, just really solid defense. Wide receivers, they've only had two touchdowns. So it's not really a very fantasy-relevant game, but, you know, if you got the big three, any one of those guys – Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, I think they're even worth starting. But outside of that, it's kind of null and void. <laughs> so one game really to talk about on uh, Christmas. It's the early game, the Green Bay Packers at the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Four-point favorites Miami, over under 49.5. you got to figure Aaron Rodgers is just going to be loving playing in Miami in, <laughs> oh, in yeah. December. I mean, who instead wouldn't, of in, in Lambeau. Who Good wouldn't Lord. say no to playing in Miami on Christmas Day, um, good God! You know you can you can take away that that uh, you know visiting sideline problem with the heat. We're done with that. In fact, the visiting sideline just might be a little nicer in December. Um, Seriously, yeah. So i i like uh, I like this game. I think it's going to be a good one. I think the Packers. Man, it took them. It took them uh, almost the entire season, but they're starting to look like who I expected them to look like after about three weeks this year. It took them more like 13 weeks to start really looking like an Aaron Rodgers-led Packers team, as limited as they might be at the uh, skill positions and other spots on the roster. But uh, they're finally playing Aaron Rodgers football now. Um, So I think this is going to be an exciting one. Um, There's... uh, there's going to be a lot of very obvious comparisons between Rodgers and Tua. I'm very much looking forward to that. I think uh, I think the Dolphins have a real chance here to start building momentum on their way into the postseason. I do expect them, to, even at eight and six, I think uh, I think the Dolphins are still a lock to uh, make the playoffs this year. Um, but this, then, you know, that being said, this is a must-win game for the Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins dropped this one at home to a team like the Packers, and they're in real trouble. Um, but I don't see that happening. I think the Dolphins win. I think the Dolphins beat the spread, not by a lot, but I like them to win by more than four points. Um, the over-under in this weather, I'm going to take the over on that 49.5. I, uh, I think the Packers have found a, a pretty good balance uh, relying on that, that uh, you know, one-two punch in the run game. Um, so I think they'll move the ball on the ground a lot. Um, and that'll be enough to open up guys like Christian Watson. Um, Aaron Rodgers is, is uh, playing like himself again. So I think they're going to stay in this game, but I like Miami to win at home, uh, and I'm taking the over. Yeah. Let's not forget Miami put up 29 points in Buffalo, and then it started snowing <clears throat> towards right. the end of that game. So right. you know, uh, Jalen Waddle came on. Yeah, the Dolphins put up the points. Yeah. Love Jalen Waddle. Still my favorite uh Still my favorite uh, current end zone celebration. Um, I was doing the waddle earlier today at work. I was just so excited. Yeah. All right. All right. He came on strong. I think he'll have a good game against Green Bay. Um, Miami, actually pretty decent on, on defense so far over the last month, with one exception being uh, on the grounds. Ironically, that's where Green Bay's strongest positions are. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. Miami's allowed... Two touchdowns on the ground, four in the air receiving. So Aaron Jones is the start. Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill. Um, I like them all. And uh, yeah, it's actually, I think it's going to be an over on the 49.5. I don't know if you said that. I think you did, but nonetheless. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking uh, the over big time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be a nice, uh, nice, just going to be a nice little fancy football game for us, all us little fiends out there. So. Monday Night Football, it's the L.A. Chargers at the Indianapolis Colts. Four-point favorite to L.A., over under 46.5. Jeff Saturday's hoping he can get back to high school football sometime soon, I'm sure. <laughs> but in the meantime, he's got to play Justin Herbert, who threw one of the best passes you'll see all season last week against um, who they play. Boy, oh boy. Did they play Miami? No. No, that was Buffalo. Anyway, well, he, he threw a dime to Mike Williams on the sideline, caught it. Uh, stayed in bounds and basically won that game for him, 17-14. So, uh, yeah, Justin Justin Herbert with all his weapons and going against the worst rush defense in the NFL, Indianapolis yeah. Colts. Uh, I, uh, I like the Chargers in this one. Um, 
the Colts had a wild game last week, and and a lot of it was due to some just just craziness in the first half of that game on special teams, uh, busted plays, that sort of thing. Um, I don't think that they'll be the beneficiary of that stuff two weeks in a row. So I think the Chargers dominate this game. Um, the Colts will be competitive, but I think the Chargers uh, beat this one, beat the spread. I like them to win by a touchdown, maybe two. Um, the Chargers are starting to look like the team we expected them to be all season, uh, getting that offense healthy, defense is playing a bit better. Um, whether or not it's too little too late here at the end of the season, you know, they're eight and six neck and neck with teams like the dolphins. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think they win this one and the, uh, the, the race for these AFC wildcard spots are going to get pretty, uh, pretty heated going into the final three weeks. Um, so yeah, I, I like the charges on the road here. Um, 46 and a half over under, I got to take the over here. I think the Chargers will put up big points. Uh, I said their defense has been better, but they're not, uh, they're not dominant yet. And, uh, you know, poor, poor Matt Ryan, he, he's gotten just, uh, you know, so much, so many of these, uh, blown leads they're put on Matt Ryan and it's, uh, it's understandable how we look at these stats, but it's unfair. You know, it takes. It takes all three phases of the game, all 53 men on the roster, to uh, to blow a lead like they did last week. Um, so I don't put that entirely on Matt Ryan, and Matt Ryan is the reason I think that they will uh, push this over the 46.5 point over-under. So there you have it. Okay. <clears throat> I already said what I said. Uh, in, in addition to what I already said about the running backs, the rush defense for Indianapolis, they are the worst in terms of FPA for wide receivers. So if you have Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Joe Everett even, I would start him this week. All right, we're going to run through the games we skipped in terms of their relevancy. We'll go through them quick. we got the Buffalo Bills at Chicago Bears, nine-point favorite to Buffalo, over under 40. Could Justin Fields keep this game close? Um, I think Justin Fields can keep this game interesting. Um, right now, uh, I can't predict the Bears to win a lot of matchups, certainly not this one. Um, but man, I love watching Justin Fields play. Uh, I think if they can build around him the way the Bengals built around Joe Burrow, they're going to be very competitive in the NFC North. Uh, as a Vikings fan, I'm worried. I'm worried about Justin Fields. I think he's that good. Um, I know a lot of people aren't sold on him yet. I hear it all the time. I'm not sold on him yet. I don't think you've been watching as much as I have because I, I was sold on him after I think week two this year. Um, he's good. So, yeah, I'm very excited about this game, but I like the Bills to win. The nine-point spread is tough. Um, I, I'm going to take the Bears to cover because nine points is a lot. Um, but I like the I like the Bills to win, maybe even by seven, but I got to take the Bears to cover that spread, and I'm going to take the over on the 40 points. I, I think the Bills are playing really well again. Um, they're certainly going to get theirs, but I do think – that at any given moment, Fields could scramble for a 40-yard touchdown. Um, and that's the sort of play that I think pushes this over the 40 points on the over. Yeah. Totally. Uh, Bears worse than FBA in terms of quarterbacks, so Josh Allen's a big start. Why would you not start him anyway? Totally. Just an FYI. <laughs> right? Justin Fields averaged 30 points per game. And last four starts. Sorry, I was looking up the stat here. Last four starts, so keep an eye on him. I'd start him, even if he's at Buffalo. New Orleans Saints at the Cleveland Browns. Two and a half point favorite to Cleveland. The lowest over-under we might see in this season, 32. Woof. Oh, man. Um, That's yeah, not because it's, it's a dog pound. It's, it's just a woof. It's such a low over-under. Um, low over I'm going to come right out and pick the over here. Um, I do like both these teams' defenses, and nothing is really – clicking on offense here except for maybe uh 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 chubb nick chubb do i have the right chubb nick chubb nick, nick chubb. Chubb. Chubb, okay. chubb um anyways he uh you know I, I he's a must start every week um he's the reason i think i have to pick cleveland to win um they're just going to be able to control the clock a little more there's just a little more identity there on offense um 
but man, he might be the only one that I would start in this game personally. Maybe Chris Olave, but he's been a little... I mean, as far as I can tell, he's, he hasn't been uh, as dominant recently. Um, I don't think Andy Dalton is, uh, is going to take the Saints into the playoffs. I'll, I'll be surprised if the Browns make the playoffs. This is, uh, you know, neither team is eliminated, but, uh, but I like the Browns to win this one in a uh, somewhat meaningless game. Okay. Uh, that's not much to say here. <laughs> yeah. Chris Olave, I like to. I, I'm right there with Trevor. I, I think he's a star, and uh, yeah, it's unfortunate who's who's swimming in the ball. So, moving on to Houston, the scrappy Houston Texans at the Tennessee Titans, a five point favorite Tennessee over under 37. I want to people remi- I want to remind people that even though they are scrappy, it's Derrick Henry against an AFC South opponent, and that always goes south. No, no pun intended. Um, well, maybe there was a pun intended there. But anyway. <laughs> It's it's Derrick Henry against the AFC South. He eats he basically eats every team alive there, and uh, I it's literally one of the worst rush defenses in the NFL. So, would it surprise you to see Derrick Henry here go off? No, it. Uh, it I I got to take Derrick Henry and the Titans to win. Um, but man, uh, the Texans have been so close recently to getting their second win of the season against good teams, better teams than the Titans, in my opinion. Um, so I won't be surprised if the, uh, if the Texans stay in this game for a long time, even maybe even sneak away with the win. I just can't ask anyone to put their money on it. My money's on the Titans winning at home. Uh, five point spread is a tough one for me because I don't think that the Titans are going to be dominant against anybody right now, the way they've been playing. They really, they really plummeted to this seven and seven record they have now. And now they are in serious trouble of getting leapfrogged by the, by the Jaguars. Um, all that being said though, I got to take Tennessee to win, um, 37 over under. I am taking the under on this one. Yeah. Um, I think the Titans are going to play some dominant football, but it's going to be Derrick Henry dominance, which doesn't translate to double digit leads. Um, so there you have it. I like Tennessee to win. Um, I will take them to beat the spread, but but not by much. Uh, I'm going to take the under. I just don't have a lot of faith in the uh, Texans' ability to find the end zone right now. Uh, it's it's just too anemic offenses, and I would just recommend that you start Derrick Henry. So yeah. I don't have anything else to say <laughs> other than that. Okay, we're moving on, to, I think, to our last game here. I No, well, we skipped a lot on Christmas, but that's okay. We'll just clean up real quick. This is Atlanta at Baltimore over under – 37.5, Baltimore 7.5 point favorite. I assume Lamar Jackson's back. And if he was or is, it's Atlanta on, on the road, and they've been bad on the road. So, uh, Yeah, so it, it's easy to take the Ravens on this one for me. Um, the Ravens' defense has been playing really good. Um, the Falcons, uh, you know, they, they weren't great early in the season, but they were good. Um, I'm just not seeing that same... Uh, stick to the fundamentals, run the ball, stay in the game type of football that I was seeing from them in September and October. Um, so, yeah, I got to take the Ravens here. Uh, seven and a half point spreads a little tricky. Um, but, you know, my gut says that the Ravens are going to beat that. I think I think the Ravens are going to win big uh, against a team that they should win big on. Uh, it's like Baltimore to win this. 37 and a half over under. Um I like the over there. I think the Falcons, even if it's a uh, uh, Cordero Patterson special teams touchdown, I think they'll put up enough points to go over the 37.5. Okay, a uh, couple of things. Atlanta has not allowed a rushing touchdown in the last six weeks. So keep an eye on that because this is a Baltimore Ravens team that runs the ball a lot. And J.K. Dobbins, um, last two weeks since he's come back, he's been excellent. Um, so just something to keep an eye on in terms of fantasy. Curious you starting him or Lamar Jackson. You're hoping to get some rushing touchdowns. They're good in the red zone, man. They're just good. So it is what it is. And they are the worst in terms of FPA that uh, the Atlanta Falcons are against tight ends. So if Mark Andrews is back, whoever's playing tight end for the Ravens, uh, I'd, I'd start him. I would. So two more. Denver at uh, the LA Rams. Take two and a half point favorite Denver. Over under 36 and a half. Um... Not much I can really say offense-wise, but Russell Wilson will be playing, right? So that's a positive. He cooks really well. 
<laughs> um, so. Yeah, this this is the uh, time window that I'm really hoping uh, my family chooses to uh, uh, serve Christmas dinner. Um, you know, uh, we uh, we we usually eat Christmas dinner a little early, um, so this would be just fine. Um, it, it's just not a lot of excitement here. Um, I, I do think that the Bronco fans should be excited. Um, they they have a chance to uh, win big, not big, but they have a chance to get a very important any win when you've had this much of a busted season is uh, is a big deal. And uh, doing it on Christmas that's just nice. And I really do uh, favor the Broncos in this one. Two and a half point spread. Uh, I can't believe I'm saying it because I, I haven't been favoring the Broncos almost at all this year, um, the way they've been playing. But I do think that they're going to go to L.A. and uh, come away with the W. Um, so I like them to beat the spread. 36 and a half over under. Yeesh. Um, Russell Wilson has been finding the end zone uh, with a little bit, a little bit of consistency. Um, compared to uh, you know the, the first three months of the season, so I I like the Broncos here and man that thirty six over under is tough because the Broncos defense is really good. The Rams even with Baker Mayfield coming in that they're, they're struggling. Um, you know they they don't have a lot. Uh, go I, yeah you know what? I got to take the under here. I think the Broncos win uh, win by more than the spread. And uh, I think the Broncos' defense keeps this under the uh, 36.5 over-under. There you go. Lastly, the lowly Tampa Bay Buccaneers take on the lowly Arizona Cardinals. Oh, 6.5 point favor of the Tampa Bay, over-under 41. Hopefully a get-right game for Brady. Um, they, I think they don't have any home games left. No, I don't think so. So it's, it's all on the road here from now on. And I, this is usually when you see Brady start turning around and – here we go. Here comes the run. You told you it was going to happen. I've said it the last two weeks. He was going to probably win a, a playoff game, and it was going to start at some point at the end of December. This is it, man. This is this is the predicted run. Well, and they, they had a really good first half last week against the Bengals. Um, I don't think the Cardinals uh, can can do half of what the Bengals are capable of right now. So I do like the Buccaneers uh, for a road win here. Uh, six and a half points. Mm, that's a little tough. I, I'm going to take the Cardinals to cover the spread. I'm going to take the Buccaneers to win, and I like the under on this 41 over under. I think uh, I think this is somewhat of a low scoring game, um, but uh, end of the day, I do. I ju- I just think the Buccaneers have the better roster, the better quarterback, and uh, they've got more to play for than the Cardinals do right now. Um, so, yeah, I like the the Buccaneers to win, Cardinals to cover, and I'm taking the under on that 41-and-a-half. Okay. I, I just don't have much to say fantasy-wise. I know James Conner's been pretty good against a kind of a suspect Buccaneers D. I might start him here um, if he plays. Uh, otherwise, I, I don't have much to say. I mean, Tampa Bay's just been very bad on offense. And even Brady is kind of questionable if you want to start him in fantasy, if you're trying to win a playoff game. You know, right? Um, I don't know what to say about him. I might sound a little crazy here. I I like Giovanni Bernard to bounce back um, from that terrible uh, botched, uh, you know, what was it a a, a fake punt, um, uh, something like that, or, or you know, he he botched the direct snap. He didn't know it was coming to him. Um, I I like Giovanni Bernard. He's a good football player. He's a smart football player. Um, I think uh, I think he he bounces back big in this game. Okay, I heard Rashad White got hurt, so that could be his opening to kind of take some carries. And Russell Gage came back, eight catches, fifty nine yards, two touchdowns last week, showing up in the slot. Could be a nice little waiver wire pickup if you're looking for somebody to play against um, uh, the Arizona Cardinals. And um, other than that, it's just don't have much to say. I mean, Arizona, DeAndre Hopkins, I, what do you say about that? Colt McCoy? I mean, that's that's all I got, really. Good old Colt. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, good old Colt McCoy, right? You know? Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, 6'3", catches, seven thirteen, three touchdowns in like seven games. He's been a monster. 
But otherwise, that's all you really got. So that's all we really got here, too, folks. Look, it's Christmas week. You find yourself needing a Christmas present. You can always find a Bluetooth speaker underneath the Christmas tree. You can put one at the Christmas table, at the dining room table. Trevor said he's having Christmas early on, on Christmas. Christmas. He's having Christmas dinner early on Christmas Day. But, you know, you can find yourself doing early listening to fantasy football advice and the best news, takes, predictions, and everything else you can possibly imagine in the world on this podcast. Please give us a like, subscribe, a follow, a review. It helps us a long way. It keeps other people listening, and it keeps people in that want to listen. People all the, all the way from Germany to Iran and the moon. Believe it or not, soon enough, we'll be on the moon. Um, soon, <laughs> soon enough. Uh, until then... Until we are, until we figure out how to, you know, land the spaceship and balance all the delicate things between gravity and oxygen, we'll be back next week with another edition of Football in General. Until then, we're out.